And I, I really appreciate what you're saying about the team and not looking for unicorns and perfect people and, you know, once every 10,000 years kinds of folks like a Leonardo da Vinci. Do you see your role at some level then as being a conductor of these masters of different instruments rather than having to be the expert in every one of them yourself? Uh, I think partly yes. I, and the reason why I say partly yes is, firstly, you need to understand music to be able to be a conductor. Mm-hmm. You may not be a virtuoso at the violin, at the cello, and at everything out there. Right. But it, you should have a good grasp of music to be a good conductor. So which means in marketing, the whole thing is you need to understand the subject of marketing deeply. You cannot just be a sales guy coming out with zero understanding of marketing and say, now I'll be the conductor and let me conduct you guys. Right. No, you need to understand marketing <laughs> to be able to conduct marketing, number one. Number two, you are not only coordinating them as a conductor, but you're also inspiring them and pushing them to do their best. Mm. As a leader, your role is to envision the future. Envision the future in a way that inspires people, that they can relate to it, and they can see their their role, their own role in that big picture. Mm. It should look realistic. It should look aspirational. It should look like something which is worthwhile chasing. That is, I think, very critical. And the Mm. third thing I would say is, you're also the protector. In a world where marketing is probably sometimes undervalued in many companies, you have to be an evangelist for marketing. You have to make sure that marketers get their due place, whether it is the levels compared to their peers in other functions or other organizations, Mm -hmm. compared to the compensation, compared to the bonuses and everything else. You want to make sure that you take care of your people and where they are running into tough situations, organizational situations, uh, particularly politics and all that, you provide them with air cover. So you play a very different kind of a role. It's uh, not just only a conductor, but you're also trying to do these other things as well. Well, you know, on that last point, it sort of gets to our first bit about you need to be able to justify. And if you can justify, it makes that case a whole lot easier when you're in that protector, defender, advocate kind of a role. Um, speaking kind of topically for a minute, um, you know, there's been a couple of brands and maybe a few more than a couple of brands that have stepped in it recently, um, trying to find their way of having purpose, being culturally relevant, and then somehow fell outside of, you know, being in favor, if I could say it that way. Um, what is your advice, what's your point of view on how to remain culturally relevant without accidentally stepping on a landmine? Yeah. So there are plenty of landmines at this stage in, uh, in, the, in the world, right? And you have to be extremely cognizant. As a company, firstly, you should have a purpose that is truly embraced from the top of the house. You should realize that purpose is not just to make politically correct statements to please some of the audiences. It should not be just a nice quote for your CEO in the annual reports and the annual publications or for him or her to make those sound bites at their speeches. There has to be true purpose because on the one hand, 87% of the consumers are expecting corporates are corporations, big brands, 
to be absolutely purpose-driven on the one hand. Number two, they can sniff you out if you're not authentic. If you're trying to fake it, mm -hmm. they, you, they catch it from a mile away. Number two, so you got to be authentic. Number three, you don't keep uh, chasing the shiny penny. So for example, oh, this month, this is the one which is politically correct, so let me do this. Next month, the goalpost has more of this. is the one which is most relevant and topical. Let's wait go on that. Nothing sticks to you. Plus, consumers, as I said, they sniff you out and say, these guys are opportunistic. They, yes. are purpose, they are purpose washing. That's not what you want for your company. So you have to be, firstly, picking the areas that you want to be committed to. If you are smart, you would pick up those which are very relevant and are universal, hypothetically. If you look at young people who are going without food and you say, look, I want to do something for young people, young boys, girls, to feed them because they're in an underprivileged situation. Mm -hmm. Whether you're on the left side of the uh, spectrum or the right side of the spectrum of political leanings, you don't say don't feed children. Right. You can choose topics like that. If you want to cure cancer, nobody is going to say, why are you doing curing cancer? Okay, I want to help your cancers do that. So I think the first stage, if you have not done anything in this space, choose genuine causes that appeal across the entire spectrum. Hmm. You, and then go forward. You if you have I told you earlier that we use sales and marketing principles you know, and help apply that to people managing their career. And one of the things that we talk about is convictions lead to clarity because clarity is knowing what to say yes to and what to say no to. And to me, that's the hallmark of a brand is actually knowing what to say no to, not just what to say yes to. And when you've got convictions and they have to be authentic, it has to be real. And, and we could be speaking about MasterCard or we could be speaking about Mike Jones looking for a job. When you've got convictions that lead to clarity, clarity brings confidence. So you can go to market with confidence Right, not arrogance, and not an over, uh, you know, a, a, an underdeveloped sense of, of humility. Well, you know, I want to be very shy. I don't want to say anything. It's like, no, this is real. Like, this is coming from the heart. This is who I really am. And when you're confident, and again, I think we could easily make the the analogy to marketing messages. But when, as human beings, when we're confident, we sit up straighter, we modulate differently, we smile more, right? Because we're being authentic. We're being human. And the beauty of confidence is it's contagious. When you believe, you make me believe. And again, I think the, the marketing that you're talking about, you know, I'm resonating with so much because I believe it's, it's really grounded in authenticity and not, as you say, chasing the shiny object of what's the kind of cultural topic this morning. Let's go chase that. Exactly. I think you articulated it beautifully. And uh, uh, that's exactly what I think is the right way to go about it. And one additional point I would also add is, if you're a company which has been doing things consistently for a period of time, and if you very sincerely and genuinely believe in a particular cause that divides the population, if you have that confidence and conviction in that particular cause, go for it. Mm -hmm. Okay, the idea is not to stay clear of political controversies. The idea is, are you true to your values? Yes. Are you true to your purpose? And if you are, 
go for it. Go for it. Amen. Um, I want to be mindful of the time. So much of marketing, you know, feels like it is, or probably just is, focused on the consumer, the customer, it's outward facing from the organization. We work a lot with CHROs of big companies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a talent war going on. There's talent acquisition. There's talent retention. There's all the, you know, stuff about hybrid work and going back to the office and all this stuff. What role do you see marketing playing for actually building the brand of the company from a talent perspective? How would you enter, how would you work with your CHRO in that way? So this reminds me of the conversation I had with my CHRO a few years back. And they said, look, as a company, if you look at our brand should be consistent across all the audiences, meaning our customers, our consumers, our partners, our and investors, and yes. our employees. Our employees also need to experience exactly the same thing. I cannot create priceless experiences for outsiders and not my own employees. Yes. I cannot talk in a particular tone and voice to outsiders and a different tone to my employees. So I said the consistency is very critical. And we agreed that the function of internal communications would actually move into a joint area. It used to be reporting into the CHRO. We said it will have dual reporting now to CHRO and the CMO. Hmm. Second, externally, when you're going to uh, attract talent, particularly, for example, colleges and all that, like event management, it's like sponsorships, which marketing does all day long. So we said, we will take over that area, and which we did. Number three, when you are trying to uh, influence the children or the kids or the students at these colleges uh, through case studies that showcase what your company is doing that is unique, yes. differentiated, etc., cetera, uh, you get into the minds and hearts of students much earlier and when the time comes for them to choose, hopefully they're enough inspired by the good work that you're doing that they will choose you. It's marketing, right? Absolutely. And so what we started doing is these kind of things pretty uh, exhaustively. So today, for example, uh, at our offices here in MasterCard, we have 40 professors that we are giving them a total walkthrough of our marketing strategy, of our tactics and examples and everything else and ask and encouraging them to ask us anything that they would want to. And we are offering to, uh, willing to offer any, highly, other than anything highly confidential, we are offering them a ton of stuff to say that if you want to case studies to demonstrate a particular concept, use current and contemporary examples as opposed yes. to something which happened in 1990s or 1980s. It, the world is different. So we have started doing this as literally a function that marketing manages, but partners very closely with the CHRO. And that's been working very well for us. Raja, I, I appreciate one, obviously sort of the, the philosophical alignment, but what I really appreciate is you just laid out three very specific steps that you guys took, either took ownership of or partnership with to say, here's what we can do differently and better to be an employer of choice. And and I really think it's cool what y'all are doing with universities because you're playing a long game, right? And if you want to have a forest, you have to start planting trees sometime. 
and you guys are doing that. And, and it will, I'm sure you see this, you don't need my validation, but it will pay massive dividends over the years. Very no, cool. Um, so last little bit here, and we started to touch on this, but when you're interviewing talent, so this mm -hmm. is somebody that, that may be joining the company, you might be a cross-functional interview, it might be somebody for your team. What are the qualities that you're looking for, not just the experiences, but the qualities that you're looking for in talent that you're like, I want this person. Right. So the first thing, Bob, is we want decent human beings. <laughs> okay. People who are ethical, who have the highest standards of integrity, who are genuine, sincere, honest, and transparent. Mm -hmm. That would be the first defining characteristic. So what I always say is it's better to get very good human beings than to get very good professionals who are bad human beings. Mm. They'll be toxic for the culture. So every individual that you're bringing in is going to be an enabler of the culture. They'll be a part of the culture. You don't want anything to be initiated. So that's the one I place number one priority on. Number two, what is this person's curiosity level? And what is this person's learning agility? What have they read recently? What have they learned recently? Are they aware of what is happening in the world, the different aspects of it? Because as a marketer, you're not just only talking about the marketing campaigns and programs. You need to be environmentally very aware. Yes. What is happening in the world? Where is the culture going? What are people thinking? What are their aspirations? What are their insecurities? So are you as an individual in constantly in touch with? And that happens if you are curious as opposed to being buried in your own work and that and again, that kind of a thing. So that's number two. Number three is, I would say that, are you someone uh, who actually can partner well with other people? Mm. Because this is a team sport. Yes. It's not an individual sport. So from that point of view, are you able to be a good player along with other people? And if you are, that's great. But I also, I would go against any bias, and the bias I'm specifically talking to is not what obviously people talk about, but something which is not so obvious. Many people might not have a great articulation. Many people might not be extroverted, they might be very introverted. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make them any less qualified. Right, unfortunately, one of the biases that are there is if you are on the age, slightly elderly side of age, people will say this person has one leg in the grave. So maybe he, he or she does not have long runway. There is a bias against age. We stay cautious. No, because somebody who has seen a lot more years becomes wiser. Mm. And it is a gift and a blessing to have such wise people on team. So age, you should genuinely not be bothered. In fact, if it is higher age, I am actually biased in favor, number one. Number two, uh, is this person stylistically same as everybody else in the company or different? Yeah. When we talk of diversity, equity, and inclusion and all this stuff, are we looking at diversity of personalities? So I might be an introvert, but I might be a damn good person in terms of how I think, what I do, and how I dedicated I am. In an interview situation, they don't do too well. The introverted people, they're either tongue-tied, 
or they don't know how to articulate it, particularly when you're looking at hiring people who are very good on creative side, they're mavericks. Mm. Or on the other hand, you're looking at people who are technology people, they are nerdy. They like talking to machines. <laughs> but these are the two who will make you successful. So don't have the corporate template in front of your eyes and try to get people who are smart, who are smiling nicely, who have a lot of confidence in how they walk and you know they and how they are well they are dressed. Uh, I think that's all totally useless. Mm. That's how I would look at it. So it's very interesting. I appreciate what you're bringing up on the the ability of people to articulate their story well. One of the things that we teach people and we invest in tools to help them is what I kind of under the banner of emotional intelligence, because a lot of times people are not as self-aware as they could be. And even to the extent that they are, they often lack the vocabulary to clearly communicate that to somebody else. So with our clients, we invest in tools and coaching around emotional intelligence for the exact reason that you said. They're wonderful people, human beings. They're really good at what they do, right? They might be the best oboe player that you could find, but because of personality, introversion, whatever, it's it's not their natural want to express it and, and to be able to do it in what they oftentimes would feel as a braggadocious way. Other people are cut to the chase and they're just like, bup, 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 and it's, you know, and you don't feel the humanity in them, but that's just kind of how they think. And exactly. the, the beauty of what you're talking about, and again, I told you we work a lot with CHROs, and so this diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging is obviously super top of mind. People talk a lot about diversity, which is cool, but checking the box, you know, I've got one of those and one of those and one of those. The, the magic is the inclusion. And, and sort of the problem with diversity is you get diversity. And so not everybody's exactly like me and not everybody's exactly like you. And so how do you become, again, I'm just repeating what you're saying. How do you become a good team player? Yep. And be able to do to have differences of opinion, but do it with civility and respect. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. So I, I really appreciate what you're saying. Last last question. The role of mentorship, either you as a mentor or someone who's been a very important mentor to you. Uh, I think having a mentor is a huge plus. Uh, I have had mentors, I would say, for the last 30 plus years, I would always go to somebody and say, hey, can you be my mentor? And you'll be very surprised how many people are really willing to. And you go with a genuine intent and because you need a safe place where you want to express yourself. And you need candid feedback from somebody who has your best interest in yes. their heart. And they can guide you. They have seen the world. They have been there before. And I think what you can get out of these mentoring sessions is truly valuable. Even now, I have mentors. And when I'm uh, you know, having some kind of a thinking about a concept or about a situation, that, you know, and I want to think a lot with somebody and get their uh, you know, feedback in a safe and a constructive manner, I go to the mentors. So this is one. And then as an individual, if you have uh, an opportunity to mentor somebody else, you absolutely do it. Now, I mentor seven other CMOs who are younger. They are more recent CMOs. And even before they became CMOs, I have been mentoring them. And today, I still mentor them. 
and they find it it's very valuable because I have been through their journey. Yes, new CMO, multiple years back. So I can share what was relevant to me, and that, and if they give me uh, some details as to what situation they are in, I can probably guide them, help them, share my thoughts, and then they can go back. And sometimes I connect them with other resources which might be helpful for them. Mm. So I think jumpstart your effectiveness journey uh, quite nicely if you have a good mentor. Well, I appreciate that you you, you talked about you know wisdom c- coming with age. A, a former boss of mine said, "Good judgment comes from experience, and experience comes from bad judgment." So, yeah. if I, <laughs> so if I can benefit from you know something that you've done, you've got some scar tissue that that I might you know be able to sidestep going and making a mistake. It's invaluable, Raj. I could keep talking to you for for three more hours, no problem. I, I so appreciate. You know, what you shared both uh, from this very human aspect to it, to the marketing, to the, the business results, all of it. It's just been really, really great. And uh, I'm just, again, very appreciative of the time you've invested with us today. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Bob, for the opportunity. Really appreciate Thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you. Hopefully we'll do it again some other time. Uh, but really, uh, I enjoyed it. And I think we are at a time where marketing needs all the help. And what you are doing, particularly to help candidates, uh, you know, position themselves well and succeed in their career aspirations and journey, I think that's absolutely noble. So thank you very much for what you're doing, and thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. Well, I look forward to seeing you. We'll get together next time you're in Cincinnati. I know you travel a lot. Leslie, thank you so much, sir. Really appreciate it. Cheers. Bye bye. I know.